Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in, and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that his heart is free to grow in knowing him and to grow in walking with him. Sweetheart, let's just mm-hmm. let's open up with a word of prayer and then we're going to jump right into it tonight. Yes. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we give you praise. Yes. Lord Jesus, we magnify your name. We exalt you, Lord, and we just exalt you, Holy Spirit. Yes, we Lord. invite you, Holy Spirit, now to come. We just thank you for your presence, Lord. Mm. We just thank you, Lord, that in your kingdom there is no time, no distance, Lord. That's right. And Father God, we just thank you for the transforming power of your word as it is being taught tonight, Lord God. Yes. We just give you praise for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for each one that's on the call. Mm. And we thank you heavenly father for your uh, supernatural divine purpose in their life lord yes lord. and they are here for an appointed time oh god and so we just spirit. thank you lord as your word goes forth that it is planted in the good soil of their heart to bring forth um the fruit in their lives mm-hmm. and to to help them to strengthen them that they may fulfill the call on the plan of god yes we just thank you father once again we give you praise and i thank you for helping my husband thank you holy spirit yes, for lord. speaking my Finally, through him, thank you for uh, the the teaching gift, the preaching gift, mm-hmm. and for the the prophetic gift operating through yes, him. Yes, we Lord. just praise you, Lord God, for thank it you, Lord. in Jesus' mighty name, and we just give you all mm-hmm. glory for what you're going to do tonight. Yes, in Jesus' Lord. name, Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. There you go. Well, listen, we started a new series of teaching last week, but it all kind of just ties in together with our new title. Uh, I, I entitled it. If you can change your conversation, you can change the world that you're living in and begin to live within the context of the culture that Jesus lived in and begin to operate in the miracles uh, that Jesus operated in. So very important. Everything, listen, everything in the kingdom, uh, everything that's released in the kingdom is a ushered in by words that are quickened and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. Everything that's ushered into the kingdom, everything from the kingdom that's ushered into the natural realm happens with words that are quickened and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Words are powerful. Words you can literally build the world that you're living in with words. And that's why Jesus said, listen, I only say what my father tells me to say as the Holy Spirit reveals it to me. He said, every word that I say, all of my words are spirit and they are truth. Let me pray, phrase it like this. All of the words that I release out of my mouth are quickened by the Holy Spirit, and by virtue of that, they always produce life. 
So if you want your words to produce life, and that's what we're after, we need to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, obey the Holy Spirit, and only say words, come on now, that literally are led and directed by him. Now, we started in the book of James, who is the half-brother of Jesus Christ, chapter 3 last week, and it says in verse 2, we all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet if we are able to bridle our words, we say we are powerful enough to, we can bridle, bridle our bodies and control ourselves in every way. Let me say that again. If we are able to bridle, control our words that we say, it says here that we will have the ability to literally bridle our bodies and literally control everything that's happening in our lives. That is so crazy powerful. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. Come on now, when we are doing that. So that right there, it tells us there's a process. That's why he says, if we're able to do that, because not none of us are there yet. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Unfortunately, it is, I said, like I said this last week, but I'm just going to say some things that I said last week, just by way of remembrance and then build on top of that. But it, 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 unfortunately, it isn't until we get into our 20s that we begin to realize how many times we are hung by our tongue. And, uh, and so we begin to realize how powerful words are. It says here, horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large bodies. In the same way, mighty ships, big, powerful ships, they, though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Come on now. So your tongue, just like a rudder of a big, massive ship, is small in comparison to the ship. Your tongue is so small in comparison to your the rest of your parts on your body, and yet it carries great power, literally, to control your life, to control what's happening in and around you. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. Now listen now. Go on, James is saying, your tongue, come on, is a fire. So it can be a fire for good, or it can be a fire for negative things. And so he says here, uh, it can be compared to a sum total of wickedness, and it is the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body, and it is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human history. Come on now. Come on. You know, words are powerful. People who are great orators can move crowds, can move masses, can move nations. As you study history, great nations became great or fell because they, they followed a leader. How did that leader was able to control the masses? Because most of them were great orators. And uh, they had a great gift to be able to use and fashion and craft words. 
that literally controlled and manipulated and influenced people. And so if the tongue at its, uh, in its original state is set on fire and full of wickedness, we want to, come on now, steer our life like we steer the ship away from all of that. And how do we do that? With the conversation of our words. That's how we steer away from all of that stuff. And so it's so very important that we, we get the word of God into our heart. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, he said, on the day of judgment, you will either be condemned or justified by the words that you release out of your mouth. And then he went on to say that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And he says, I will know really what is in abundance in your soul, in your heart, by listening to the words that are flowing out of your mouth. And so that's so very important that we understand that. So not only on the day of judgment in the future will we be justified or condemned, but now, right now, you will be either justified or condemned. Come on now, a judgment of all the words that you say right now, you will experience that. All of your words, come on now, will come back to hatch. Come on now, like the chicken, like the old phrase, that your chickens will come back and hatch. Come on now. Or you will end up, how many have ever been having to eat crow, come on, or eat humble pie because the words that you said out of your mouth came back to bite you. Come on, that is, that's a judgment right there. And you were condemned by the words that you released out of your mouth and literally created something, created an atmosphere that you did not want to experience. And so here the book of James says that you can literally, literally set the, like a ship sets its course for the destination. You can set your life on a course for your destiny, your calling, your destination that God has for your life. And it's done by taking the word of God, come on now, and releasing it out of your mouth. Taking the promises of God. That's why that 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 prophetic journal that uh, Maisha, uh, prophetic dreams, prophetic visions, prophetic words. You can go to DSM Hollywood and get that. And uh, I, I would strongly encourage you to do that. And then take the dreams, the visions, the prophetic words, and write them down. And then read them again. And then and then decree them and say them out loud. Why? Because your tongue is like a rudder. Now, listen now, did you know that ships, even though, even today, even today with all of the technology that they have, that um, they have to constantly make adjustments to the course of ships. Why? Because the ships are constantly being beat, beat upon with the waves and the wind and all the forces of nature are coming against a big ship that is literally crossing the Atlantic or the Pacific. And um, so the, the course that they're on must be constantly checked and must be constantly adjusted because even if they get a half degree off course, when they get, when after days of going in the direction, even being a half a degree off the course, they'll end up in a whole other nation. They'll end up literally thousands of miles off their destination because they just allowed themselves. So this to literally get off course just a little bit. So what do they have to do? They have to literally readjust the course. Come on now and make sure the rudder is staying correct every single day. So that must be due. That's done on a regular basis with ships. Now, in our lives, we take the word of God that God has spoken over our lives, 
as it relates to the destination and the future, because he's calling us from the future. Come on now. Come on. He's in our future, calling us to the future. Come on now. With his words that relate to what he sees in the future. And as we re respond to that, and we literally begin to declare his words out of our mouth, it begins like a rudder. It begins to steer our life in the direction that the Lord has destined for our life to go. But in life, come on now, just in life, and I'm not even talking about like you committing sin or you intentionally doing anything wrong. I'm just talking about life in general. Come on now. Just things happen in life every single day. Think like waves and wind hitting the, 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 the ships. Things are hitting us. Come on now. Circumstances are hitting us. Voices are hitting us. Thoughts are hitting us. Come on now. Things that we see, things that we hear. Come on. Attitudes that are displayed to us. Things that rise up out of us uh, are literally are causing things to happen on the inside. So we must go back every day. Come on now. And literally, because when those things hit us, we come off course just a little bit. So every day we got to take the promises of God and readjust our life back on course. So that's the that's the power of taking the word of God and decreeing it every day. That's the power of a decree and confessing the word of God over your life every single day. And not only on top of that, it creates hope and faith. Come on now, and literally comes against uh, that which God, I mean, that which the enemy wants to uh, to do in your life. Now, let me bring this up. Now, that's why David said in Psalm nineteen fourteen, he said, "May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable or bring pleasure to you, Lord my God, Lord my strength, and the Lord my redeemer." And the reason he said that is because he knew that he was going to need the strength of God to say words out of his mouth that brought pleasure to God, and that he was going to need his Redeemer to Lord to help him that when he did when he didn't say words that brought pleasure. Come on, when he said words that didn't bring pleasure to the heart of his Father, the Redeemer covers that. That's the grace of God right there. So that's so very important that we understand that. Now, strength, Redeemer. Let me remind you now, Proverbs 18.21 says that life, excuse me, now look at, look at I almost made the mistake. We, we, we so, I don't think we intentionally do that, but we so many times misquote Proverbs 18.21. We say life and death is in the power of our tongue, and it doesn't say that. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Why? Because we all have a proclivity. And there it is. There's that word again. I said it twice in two weeks now. Go and look up that word. Come on now. And gain some authority. And next time you're at Starbucks, you can drop it on the person who's waiting on you. And then when they say, what, what do you want today? You could say, well, I have a proclivity for a Carmel, a Carmel coffee. Come on now with a little bit of extra vanilla in it and uh, when you okay because that word proclivity means that we have an absolute tendency and uh, almost an automatic drive to speak words that are negative before we will speak words that are positive and i just want to stay, stop and make interject this i said this 
I think on the call at the end, after we went off live last week, I said this on the call, but I want to just say it because we're all live on Facebook now. So everybody who's watching. Now, again, this is a process. You're not going to get this right. In fact, listen, the whole teaching of confessionism that says that you got to say everything exactly right every time or you're not going to get your healing in your body. Well, listen to me, that, that, that is legalism. That is the spirit of a Pharisee. That is not the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ because the reality is this is a process. You're not going to get it right. And so you're going to take three steps forward at best. You're going to take three steps forward and then you're going to get hit and take two steps back. Let me say it again, at best. I'm just going to be real with you. Come on, you say, oh, not me, man. I get it right all the time. No, 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 no. Apparently, then as I said last week, apparently you came on the mothership and you're not human. But if you are human, come on now, every one of us has an absolute strong tendency. Come on, we were born with it to speak words that are negative and before we speak words that are positive. That's why Solomon Come on now, the man of all wisdom who got it from the source of all wisdom said, as he observed humanity, death is the first thing that's going to flow out of us. And so that's why we need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we need to grow in this. And that's why we need to understand that it is a process. So you're going to take, come on now, three steps forward and then two steps backward. And I want to encourage us when that takes place, do not let the enemy, come on now, <clears throat> do not let the enemy literally <clears throat> uh, condemn you with that. And uh, you need to say, you, you need to literally, instead of saying, oh my goodness, look what I've done kind of thing. Look, <clears throat> you need to replace it with, look how much I have accomplished. Come on now. He said, well, I only made one step further. Well, you are one step. Come on. When you fall, come on. The, when you walk by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and you walk by faith, you fall forward by grace. Let me say it again. When you walk by faith, you fall forward by grace. So every time you fall forward by grace, you are literally, you are still one step ahead before where you were before. So it's so important. So you need to say, instead of saying, oh my goodness, I'm a failure. Oh dear Lord, man, you take, man, look, I took one step forward, man. I'm going to replace it with I'm going to save her this moment, and I'm going to say, look what I have accomplished. Come on now. I am one step further in my destiny than I was, come on now, last week or the week before, whatever the case might, and I'm going to get back up. This is why Proverbs 24, and I want to read this, Proverbs 24, 16. This is just an absolute powerful word here, Proverbs 24, 16. Um, most of us know this scripture, but I want to just read it out of the passage that says this. For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. That word rise over and over again is the Hebrew word for resurrection. Come on now. It means to be resurrected again, resurrected again, resurrected again. So when a righteous man or a lover of God stumbles, come on now, hits adversity, and they stumble and fall seven, talking about the process, they stumble and fall seven times. Now listen now, listen now. Seven, come on now, is a metaphor. 
Come on now, seven is not, he's not giving you an exact number. Seven, the number seven is a metaphor for the perfecting process. Let me say that again. The number seven is a number for the perfecting process. The number for earth is four. The number for heaven is three. So when three and four, come on now, come on now, align themselves, come on now, and integrate and align themselves, you have, come on now, when earth, come on now, and heaven align itself, making up the seven, talking about the perfecting process, come on now, that which was in the invisible world now becomes part of the visible world. Come on now, praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth or in this earthen vessel as it is in heaven. What's happening on the inside of this earthen vessel is what's happening in heaven is now happening in this earthen vessel. Heaven and this earth, come on now, has collided, has literally come into alignment now, and that's what that seven is talking about there, the perfecting process. Everybody say process. Come on now. Nobody likes the process, but we got to do that. And in the process, what happens now, remember now, the word life, come on, death and life is in the power of the tongue. The word power is the Hebrew word yod, which means hand, okay? So if I took my hand, okay, and I reached, come on, I reached into the, come on now, with my, my, my tongue is the hand that reaches into the realm, the invisible realm, and I grab a hold of something, and I can move it, I can rearrange it, I can structure it. You structure things, come on now, come on now, by grabbing a hold of things, you begin to structure things with the hand or your tongue. Are you listening to me? It structures your hand, reaches into the invisible world and begins to form structures that builds worlds with your words. Come on now, your tongue forms structures. Come on now, that's why. Listen now, we have mental structures. There's structures that have been built into our heart. That's why this is all, that's why if you don't, if your soul never gets healed, the mental structures that you're living from, because you're, how do you know what, what, what kind of mental structures are going on in your soul? By listening to your words. Okay, and if you want to change your, come on now, the words, you're going to have to change the way you think, what's happening in your soul. So when your soul comes to in walking through the process, it becomes stronger, becomes more well, becomes more healed. And now those structures that are negative in your way of thinking, come on now, and in your heart are being deconstructed, come on now, and you are now reconstructing or constructing brand new mental structures, come on now mental structures and uh, mental frames of mind and out of that come on by your words that's why you need to take the words and and declare it over and over again and with those words you begin to build these structures that will eventually build the world that you're going to live in through words we build worlds with words come on are you following what i'm saying here so that's why it's so important that we understand the, the process and understand that it takes time because we're building something. Come on now. It takes you can't build something overnight. 
You can't build something. If you're going to build the structure, it's going to take time. Listen, we live in we live in California, and we live in earthquake country. Come on now. And if you want to build a house, if somebody said, I want to build a home, and you and a builder says, I can build it in seven days, you need to run as fast as you can. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, that house is not going to be what you need. You're not going to last. The first earthquake that comes, boom, everything's going to fall apart right there. And uh, and so it's so important because I promise you, by the time they get to, you, you, um, you know, you draw up everything that you need to draw up and then you take it and you get the license and you get everything, you get the permission to build and then you got to break ground. Come on now and begin to build. It's going to take at least 18 months, maybe two years to build something that you can live in that will stand the storms of life from a natural standpoint. So when it comes to our soul and building a life in the kingdom of God, if we're going to build something, come on, words, come on now, build the kingdom of God, words, build our life, but something's going to happen in our heart first, out of the abundance of your heart now. And so again, again, we're building it, we're walking through a process, taking three steps forward, come on now, taking two steps back, a world famous, I just came across this, this, uh, this fact just recently, a world famous psychologist after years of scientific study have literally proven that for every every time you every time you hear the word no a neg the negative word no it immediately releases stress hormones in your body just for one second right there it releases stress hormones so that's why James says if you can if you can bridle your tongue you can actually bridle your body you the health of your body is tied directly to what's going in going on in your heart and what's going on being released with your words kind of thing and so she said, for every negative word, and let me just say this, every negative word, every negative charged word and phrase that comes out of your mouth carries a price tag. Let me say it again. Every negatively, negatively charged phrase or word that you allow to come out of your mouth, I promise you, it's a non-irrevocable kingdom principle. It carries a price tag that you're going to have to pay. So for every negative phrase or word that's spoken over you, psychology has proven over and over again, it's going to take five positive words to bring your physical body back into balance. Let me say that again. I'm trying to illustrate to you, communicate to how your spirit, soul, and body, how God created it all to work. to find. So every time somebody says, for every three negative words. So parents, how you speak over your children is so important. How you speak over your mates, so important. How you speak in relationships, so important. How you speak to people in authority, very important. Come on now. So every negative word, every three negative words that are spoken over you, it's going to take five positive words to bring your physical body back into balance. So that it does it literally because stress breaks down the immune system and opens up the door for every kind of sickness and disease that takes place in your life. So we got to literally. So what are we doing in this process? We're walking by faith and not by sight, right? Walking by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do that, when we take steps of faith and we begin to do that, here's what happens is it will. Well, every time we do that. 
whatever's on the inside will be awakened. Come on now and arise. It will literally stir up things that need to be dealt with on the inside of us. That's the way the process works. Why? Because we want to grow. And if you don't, if you if you don't want to grow, if you don't want the things, all of those issues on the inside of you to be dealt with in your life, well, then don't take any steps of faith. But I promise you, every time you take a step of faith, something will be stirred up on the inside of you and rise to the surface that needs to be dealt with. Come on now. And so you can don't get discouraged, don't get depressed over that, don't condemn yourself, don't let the veiled voice of the accuser come on, beat you down. Come on. No, you allow the Holy Spirit to give you the grace, come on now, to literally deal with that and overcome with that. Now, with all of that said here, I want you to, I'm going to go, I'm going to read a story to illustrate what I'm saying here tonight in Mark chapter five. In Mark chapter five, there's a, uh, a story, very familiar story for most of you here today, but I want to read it out of the passion. It reads a little bit different and I want to just use it to illustrate how this works, this power of using your tongue. Come on, change your conversation You can change your course. Let me tell you a humorous story that happened. <clears throat> About seven or eight years ago, I was teaching along these lines here, teaching uh, uh, an entire series of messages on this, and I, I entitled the same thing. <clears throat> if you change it, your conversation, you can change your course. Now, listen now. <clears throat> Watch this now. It was like on a Sunday morning. I'm preaching that, right? Now, Mondays when I was pastoring was usually my day off. And so on Monday, this the following day, I went to play golf, and Sue and myself went to play golf, but uh, <clears throat> Sue wasn't playing that day. She was just kind of riding along on the golf cart, right? Okay, now watch this now. <laughs> okay, so I am teeing off, and uh, and so I'm teeing off at, and, uh, at one of the holes. I think it was like the third hole kind of thing. It's like, a, like a you know, we're going to play like 18 holes or nine holes, something like that. And so Sue is sitting in the golf cart. She's not playing that day, but she has, she's sitting in the cart, she has her feet up on the cart. Come on now. So she's kind of laying back. She has her feet on the cart. I'm over here teeing off, okay? And I'm having, I'm having a, a kind of, a, I haven't really hit the ball very good that day. I'm having a rough time. In fact, I, I, I teed off and the ball, I, man, the ball went to the left and went out into some cornfield kind of thing. Just far, far, man. I was like, oh, and all kinds of negative words started coming out of my mouth. Come on, somebody. And so my wife, she's sitting over there lay, lounging out. Come on, I'm just catching some rays on the golf cart. And she's not, she doesn't even, well, watch this. She doesn't even look at me. She doesn't even look up. She's looking on her phone. She's like looking at her phone on Facebook, whatever the deal is. She's looking at her phone like this. She's just lounging back, just like looking at her phone. Doesn't even look at me, doesn't even look up. All I hear, she just begins to say something. She says like this. I don't know what's going on over there, but it would seem to me if somebody changed their conversation, they might be able to change the course that they're on on this golf course. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God, right there. I mean, it wasn't like 12 hours and I'm preaching the message, and now I'm being hung by my tongue by my own wife. Come on now. And she says, she doesn't even look at me. She's not even watching what I'm doing. She just heard the words coming out of my mouth. And she said, well, I suppose if somebody, um, and I, you know, she's talking about me, changed their conversation, they could actually change the course, come on now, of the golf game that they're playing today. And I turned to, right, man, come on now. I turned at her, looked at her, and I was like, 
Oh, oh, I see. I see how we're rolling today. Come on now. And uh, and so I walked over to the. So, but you know what? I did. I took. I I listened to my wife, and I started changing the words that were coming out of my mouth. Because you know what happened when I did that? It changed the internal atmosphere, and it began to change the atmosphere around me and be, help. Because golf, if you're not relaxed, you cannot get the ball well. So you got to be in a place of peace and relaxation. Come on, and just. And you all playing golf is like hitting the ball with accuracy is like trying to hit you if you can hit the ball without even trying to hit the ball. And uh, with and uh, it just begins, it just it's a natural thing kind of thing. And so I began to do that. And guess what? The course of that game got a whole lot better when I changed my conversation. Now, go with me. That's just kind of a humorous thing that that I will never forget to illustrate that it actually does work even in a simple, goofy thing as golf kind of thing. Now, look here at Mark chapter 5, verse 25. It says, now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horrible, horribly and from a continual bleeding, an issue of blood for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors. Yet in spite of spending all that she had on her treatments, she was not getting better, but she was actually getting worse. Let me just stop right here and make the comment. Now, you know, Mark, Luke, Luke was a doctor. When they say that she was suffering under the hands of doctors, they're not trying to, they're not trying to say that, they, that these doctors were torturing her or they're trying to put doctors down. Kind of thing. Luke was a doctor himself. Uh, what they're saying is, you know, you ever been, you ever hear stories that happens like all the time, happens basically every day anywhere in the country. Somebody goes into the hospital for a particular sickness or disease and they end up getting sick with something else in the hospital and dying of that and not what they came into the hospital with. So they went into the hospital and actually got worse and died of something else. That's what it's talking about here. So she's for 12 years, she's going to a doctor's and doctors and doctors, and she's actually getting worse. And uh, she's now she spent all of her money. So if, you, man, if you're going to a doctor, they didn't have no, they didn't have no, you know, they didn't have no Obamacare system back in those days. And so um, they, um, so she was, apparently was a wealthy woman. Now she is not wealthy. She has no money left. She has spent all of her. And I just want to encourage us: as wonderful as doctors are, you don't put your faith in a doctor. Come on now, they have a, a, a certificate on their wall that says they are licensed to practice, not licensed to heal. No doctor can heal you. Are you listening to me? No doctor has the power to heal you. All they got to, they have a license to practice. Come on now, to, to just to practice and to learn on you and all they can do in their discipline of healing and really it applies to any other discipline in our lives, is all they can do is evaluate, diagnose, come on now, and recommend. Let me say that. That's all doctors or anybody else. Any You can apply that to any other discipline in life. All you can do is evaluate the situation, give a diagnosis, and recommend something. That's all they can do because nobody, not one of us within us, come on now, from a natural standpoint, has the power to heal, including doctors. So never, ever put your faith in doctors or medicine. The only one who can heal you is Jesus Christ. Come on. 
Jehovah Rapha, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. And so she gets worse. And when it says in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus's healing power, come on now, when she heard about the power of Jesus to heal, how did she hear it? Testimonies. Come on now. You've heard me say it again, but let me remind you that the book of Revelation says that the testimonies about what Jesus does and within our context of our message today, the testimonies that you hear about how Jesus heals other people carries the spirit of prophecy with it so that when you hear that testimony, come on, it releases a prophetic anointing. And if you can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying in that testimony, because in the Hebrew word for testimony, it comes from the same Hebrew word that means I will do it again. Okay, so the very testimony says that when you tell a testimony to somebody else, I will release a prophetic anointing that will quicken their heart and tell them that I will do it for them just like I did it for them. And come on now, if they hear what the Holy Spirit is saying in that testimony. So that's what's happening with this lady. She literally, it says here, she heard. Come on now. Why? Because somebody was releasing words. Come on now. How does the kingdom get established in the earth realm? Come on now. It is ushered. The kingdom is ushered into the natural earth realm by quickened, inspired words of the Holy Spirit that come up out of your whole healed heart and come out of your mouth. And when they do that, the kingdom is established. Testimonies are given prophecy come on the spirit of prophecy is released and faith explodes in somebody's heart and that's exactly what's happening with this woman right here faith is exploding in her heart it says it literally and when faith is exploding in your heart it will motivate you to do something faith without action is dead faith james says without corresponding obedience to the word of god is actually dead it's not living there's no, it's really dead faith. It's not real faith. You're just saying you have faith, but you really don't have any faith. And he says here, she, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind Jesus and touched his prayer shawl. Come on now. For she kept saying to her, now here it is. She kept on saying over and over and over and over to herself. Come on now. It reads like that in the in the passion. It reads like that in the amplified because the verb tense that's tied to that word speak literally tells us emphatically that it's an ongoing, never-ending verb tense. An ongoing, never-ending Greek verb tense is tied to the word saying. So she kept on saying, she kept on saying, she kept on saying to herself, if I can just but touch something that's touching Jesus. If I can just touch, come on now, the hem of his garment. What is the hem? The hem is the finished work of a piece of garment. Come on now. So it is a prophetic type and shadow of the finished work of the cross. So when she touched the finish, come on now, she touched the work, the piece of the garment that was represented the finished work. Come on now, with faith. Mm, oh, I wish somebody, come on now. Just every, come on now, watch now, watch now. Something beginning. And so if only I can touch, come on, the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. 
She kept on saying, she said, I don't, I'm not hoping. Well, I hope something might happen. No, she said, I know. See, faith knows. She heard. She heard all of the testimonies that every, what was the testimony? That every single person that came to Jesus, he healed them. Not one single person was turned away. Not one person did Jesus say, no, I'm not going to heal. So she heard all of these testimonies, how Jesus was so merciful and so compassionate and so loving and so gracious and so kind that every single peer person, including multitudes, thousands at times, came to him who are sick and demonized. And literally everyone that came and waited for him to touch, to speak a word, come on, sometimes hours, sometimes days, every one of them got healed. Not one of them didn't get healed. And she heard that, and so it caused something to arise strong. And, there. and so she says, oh, my goodness, I know. Oh, now I know. If I can just touch, come on now, the hem of his garment. There's another passage of Scripture that says that one time that uh, they were, Jesus was walking. It says he was just walking through the town, and it says that they literally laid the people down. Come on now, and let Jesus walk through. And as Jesus was walking, they would be on the ground or literally sitting there, and they just reached out, and his garment, his flowing garment, just with literally hundreds of hands were reached out like this, and his flowing garment would just re and just touch all of the hands. Come on now. That came as he walked by, never stopped, and every one of them was healed. Come on now. Every single one was healed. Come on now. And so she heard the testimony of this happening, and so she said, oh, my goodness, I know. She kept on saying, kept on releasing words. Why? Because something was birthed in her heart. There was a level of faith, oh, my God, that it wasn't just simply her words that healed her. Come on, it, or saying those words. It was words that came out of a heart that really believed that Jesus was the Messiah and that he would really do what the Messiah said he would do when he came. Come on now. And out of that faith and confidence, there was a knowing. And out of that knowing, out of the abundance of her heart, her mouth spoke and said, kept on saying, I know that I will be healed if I can just but get to her. Come on now, get to, to, her, to, to, to him and touch his garment. And it says, so I just want to just encourage you with that. It says, as soon as her hand touched his garments, her, her, the, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of the disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that was always surging around him. Now it passed through him. And somebody was healed. Oh, my goodness. Watch that. So Jesus, as he's walking, he literally carried by way of the anointing. There was this atmosphere. Come on now. There was this atmosphere. Come on now. Or an aura that was around him that carried in that atmosphere was charged with the power to heal. Come on now. So anybody who got close to Jesus got healed. Come on now. So all of this power, he, just, he could literally feel all of this power flowing up and out of him and out of him. And then when somebody touched him in faith, come on now. Now listen, now Jesus is the living word of God. Listen, now there is a whole lot of people that are hanging around the scriptures. Come on now. And nothing is happening. But when you're hanging around the scriptures, come on, the logos, the written word of God, and you touch the written word of God, 
when you touch, come on now, the logos in faith, come on now, it's quickened to you by the Holy Spirit. And now the logos, the written word of God, becomes the rhema or the living word of God. And now that living word of God heals your body, delivers your soul, restores your mind. Come on now. Come on. Brings blessing to your finances. Come on now. Restores your marriage. Brings your loved ones into the kingdom of God. Are you listening? I don't care what. Come on now. What's going on in your life? That's what literally is taking place when he felt that. And so he says to him that he turned and he spoke to the crowd saying, who touched my clothes? Why did he say that? Because he literally physically, this power that's flowing around him and through him, he literally felt it going out of him. And so his disciples answered, what do you mean, Jesus, who touched me? Look at the huge, massive crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. And when the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before Jesus trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him the entire story of what just happened. And Jesus said to her daughter, because you dare, you dared, you dared to believe. Come on now. Oh my God, may a daring faith to believe arise in your heart and in your soul and come out of your mouth like never before. Come on now. Because you dare to believe, you have received your healing. Your faith, literally. Notice Jesus didn't know she was in the crowd. Come on now, she didn't. Come on, Jesus didn't know that she came for healing. He didn't even know that she was there. Jesus couldn't even pick her out. Come on now. And yet she literally, because Jesus is on his way. But listen now, Jesus is never. He is never, never, never moved by or is a respecter of people. Come on now. He's not whether you are. This lady is now, because she had this issue of blood, she was literally a an, an outcast of society. She was not because the Levitical law says she wasn't even allowed to roam around in society with this with this, this illness. And now we have a, a, a literally Jairus who was a high priest who had a lot of power in society. Is going to get his daughter literally raised from the dead. So Jesus stops and does both miracles. But notice that one is an outcast. One is somebody who's powerful in society. But Jesus is not a respecter of people, but he is a respecter of faith. Come on now. Because they both had faith and both of them stopped Jesus dead in his tracks and caused him literally to turn around and pay attention to them. Come on now, because they simply weren't just hanging around the word. Come on now, they touched the word. They touched the scriptures in faith, and the written word became the living word and caused what the promise to literally manifest in their life. Is somebody getting a hold of this today? Woo, this is powerful stuff right here in the name of Jesus. So I want you to catch this now. And so Jesus says to him, I want to read this, the last verse 39 out of the uh, Amplified Bible, it says he arose, <clears throat> come on, no, oh, excuse me, excuse me, no, that's not it. Okay, it says now, in verse uh, 34, it says, and he said to her daughter, your faith and your trust and your confidence in me has restored you to complete health. Now, go, now watch this, watch this, because here is the, the, the Greek word, because in other translation, it just says, go in peace, like he's just saying goodbye, but that's not what it, the, the original language reads. It reads like this, go 
into or step into the realm of peace and you will be continually healed and free from your distressing bodily dis disease. So the implication in the original language is this. He said, daughter, come on now, your faith has healed your body. Come on now, because you received, come on, you heard my words. You heard what I was doing, and it brought, come on, some strength to your soul. Come on now, faith dropped into your heart. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth began to speak. And when your mouth began to speak, it began to form, come on, structures that began to build a world that you could live in and gave her the strength to put. I'm talking about a lady who's been losing blood continuously. Come on now. The Bible says that life is in the blood. So she's been losing life, her life for 12 years. I don't care what you're going through. Whatever, whatever you've been going through and you feel like, oh my goodness, that I've been losing life. That life, come on now, whatever it is, that you feel like, come on now, the hope, you've lost hope. Come on, you've lost confidence. Come on now. That joy has taken a taxi. Come on now. That happiness has left your life and you just feel like, oh man, I don't know, this life has been flowing from me. I don't know what to do. I don't know how, what to do next kind of thing. I want you to hear the word. Come on now. That is literally being released prophetically to you tonight. Go and listen to this, the, to the podcast again. Watch the live, come on, the live feed on Facebook again. Let the word, come on, listen to it over and over again until the written word of God becomes the living word of God and releases the faith that you need. And when that does, come on, that, that which is robbing your life, come on now, will we'll stop and life, and joy, and peace, and happiness, come on now, will begin to flow like never before, and come on, and give you, come on now, the power, come on now, the power, Woo! come on now, the power to literally, come on now, step into grace, come on, God's grace, listen, God, and he's literally just step into this realm of peace, and to live into the realm of peace, because, come on, what's happening in your soul, is directly tied to what's happening in your body. So he said, if you want to stay free from this bodily disease, if you want to stay free from that which is robbing you of life, he says, you're going to have to live in this realm where nothing is missing, nothing is broken. Come on now, the, the presence of all things beneficial, the absence of everything harmful in your life. Where's that? That's in the manifest presence of God right there. Come on now. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. And let me just say again, how does this happen? Again, why am I sharing here? I'm trying my best here to communicate that this does not happen. When we're walking in this journey with Jesus, it does not, there is no such thing as, I'm not saying you're not going to have miracles. I'm not saying that supernatural things are going to take, it is going to happen. But I'm telling you, as we walk through the process, it's not an instantaneous thing. Come on now. It takes time. And God works differently with everybody in our lives. Come on, God has the ability, come on now, to take the grace of God. Come on now. Come on now. And literally, literally cause the grace to be literally fashioned and crafted in such a way that it will work on an individual basis with your personal 
Come on now, preferences, your personal personality, your temperament, your passion. Come on now, your gifts, everything that makes you up. God knows exactly. Come on to everything that forms you and he fashions and crafts his grace in such a way that will work specifically for you. And I just want to just kind of caution us. That's why it's so important that we don't go around it. We can take principles that other people, kingdom principles that other people use to bring healing and wholeness to their life. But don't go around saying, listen, if you do it exactly the way I did it, you're going to get the same results because that is a lie. It is an absolute lie because God's grace, come on now, is an expression of his empowering presence that is just as diverse as his creation itself. Let me say that again. God's grace is an expression of his empowering presence, come on now, that is as diverse as creation itself. He works individually with every single person. And so it's a process. Why? Because if we don't walk through that, come on now, we never grow. We don't get strong. We don't get healed. We don't go. If you just pop, everything just popped into your life instantaneously. Oh my goodness, man. Well, first of all, you'd be like, you'd be like a spoiled little child. You'd be like a spoiled little son of God, spoiled little daughter of God. And your father in heaven, he ain't, he ain't looking for no spoiled children. He's looking for mature. Come on now, sons and daughters of God who have been willing to walk through the process of allowing the word of God to heal their soul, to heal their heart. And by virtue of that, literally it will change your conversation, change your words. Your words will begin to now form structures that create the world that you want to live in. Come on now. And all comes by the empowering grace of God process three steps forward two steps back Ooh, look i'm one step ahead the grace of god has empowered me to take one step forward Ooh, look how far i've come because when i fall come on now seven times the lovers of god fall come on now but he will cause him to arise again and again and again and again again seven three and four, come on now, representing the perfecting process where this earthen vessel begins to align with the will of God in heaven. Ooh, the invisible world aligns with the visible world and God's will is done in your life. Come on now, blessing begins to flow and God gets all the glory. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord God, that it's alive, it's powerful, it is life-changing. I pray, Holy Spirit, now, that you would just uh, take the word of the living God and you would seal it in each one of our hearts. May we, Lord God, have the courage, Lord God, to, Lord God, to, to hear your word and submit to the process, Lord God, Father, and allow you to literally grow us, change us, develop us, strengthen us, Lord God, Father. And as we're working, Lord God, may we always remember this is done by, <clears throat> as we walk in faith, it's done by the grace of God. It's not any kind of legalistic thing, but it's by the grace of God that empowers us to, and picks us up every time we fall until we come in alignment with the word of God. Come on now. Seven. 
Thank you, Father, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.